Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. PodcastOne.com presents the Ask Women Podcast, uh-huh. a place where two female comics and a professional wing girl get together to dissect the female mind. You don't know how I feel. And explain it to men in terms they can actually understand. Booze. Now, here's the lovely ladies of Ask Women. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Ask Women Podcast, where you get advice straight from the source. I'm Haley White, joined by my sexy co-host, relationship expert and best-selling author Marnie Kinris, and comedian Kristen Carney. And today we have a special guest in the studio. It's Mike Catherwood from Loveline. Hi, Let's everybody. Yes. Yes. <laughs> you deserve it. You do. And we have Mo. Mo. And of course, Mo. Bringing up the dudes. What's Cannot dudes? forget Mo. Exactly. And now there's like two of you. Yeah, Don't you feel stronger? Yeah, I feel we're like really unified strong. front. <laughs> yeah, the estrogen is wa- wavering now in the room. I, I know, know, seriously. Well, for those of you who don't remember or do remember, we were talking about Mike the other day when uh, we did Love Line with him and Dr. Drew, and we were debating who we preferred. And I think, like in this moment, of course, we prefer both of you. But it's apples and oranges, though. I'll tell you who we prefer. Well, not really prefer, but you know, we who we would want to do. That's I, what well, we were debating. I mean, by all practical ideas i mean i would think everyone would prefer drew i mean he's a doctor and a celebrity which is like the two things everybody idolizes most and he's like really good looking it's he not is. just like but have they seen you i don't have know. they heard your brain have a face for radio thank you it's very nice of you to say <laughs> but you know what it, it, uh, i mean i definitely one day would like to make a transition into television but there's a certain liberating feeling as a broadcaster that comes with radio that you just can't get for sure and and in any part of television especially nowadays because everything gets kind of watered down you got to have the checks and balances and 40 writers and all that kind of stuff i mean it really is an unbelievable feeling to 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 develop that intimate relationship you get with your listeners in radio you can't be really found anywhere i'm really lucky with loveline especially because it's so unfiltered but yeah, yeah, I mean, well, even Mo was just saying we can stop and edit if we want to. Yeah. And so doing Loveline did put a different level of, I mean, intensity yeah, to it. Because you know sure. what, you say is what you say. But you guys are pros at it. Like, you're fantastic. The, the information that you spit out in a short period of time is absolutely amazing. Like, I Thank was you. having trouble being concise. Yes. You are very good at, like, dialing down to a message you want to give to people. And then just delivering it. Yeah, that, that, thank you. Uh, it takes effort because I certainly didn't start off that way. I remember That's Kevin and Bean uh, telling me that they, they can't figure out a time when sentences I would start began. They're like, oh, really? my God. Yeah. <laughs> like, I think I was a, a, a zygote when you began that story. Can you, can you get, get to the goddamn point? Now, you did, That's you did good to hear. on Kevin and Bean, right? Yeah. For, yeah let's what see. kind of voices? Let's almost, hear some. Almost eight years. I was like one of their cast of characters. And they Were kinda, you Arnold? Were you? No, no, no. Ralph, Ralph Garman is like unbelievably talented. And he did a lot of them. I was, I was almost always like more ethnic stuff. It was either ethnic or like... Um, younger skewing because ralph has a much more uh i don't want to say older but just like more uh, he has a more 
stately voice. So if you were going to do the uh, Secretary of Defense, Ralph would do it. If you were going to do <laughs> Kevin Federline's like rap, uh, rap producer, it was me. You know, someone. <laughs> you could probably just be his rap producer. I, I probably feel like anyone could. <laughs> I, are you Definitely. kidding me? I mean, he's got Jay Z level rhymes. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, I love that you're on our show, and I, hopefully, you know that what we're talking about on this show is we're trying to give advice to men and to women as well about how to pick up, attract, date, seduce, be with any guy or girl they want. So I want to talk to you about you and women and maybe your background on where your confidence came from with women. Or do you have confidence? I don't don't really think I do. In fact, I'm really bad, actually. But I I was my own worst enemy. Um, I was a a really, really, really bad practicing alcoholic and and drug addict for the, the during. The entirety of the ages when you kind of develop that skill of gaining composure talking to the opposite sex or the same sex if you know if that's what what you're into but for mo that was when he was four by the way yeah, which said the other yeah he's been balling since he's young. Yeah. i just avoided it and then when you know you get into be like seventh grade that's when you go to like dances maybe and you ask mm-hmm. your girl to dance and I, and I went through that phase and then i got it to be about a sophomore where you really um start to look to form relationships and go on dates and things like that and i i had a high school girlfriend for the entirety of the time i was in high school and i was i was drinking and using drugs every single day till the time i was 21 22 years old and that's when i got clean and then when i got clean i i had completely bypassed that that kind of part that development that coming of that that coming of age you know step and so i was just lost at 23 really no idea how to deal with the opposite sex and then but if i did it in a non-romantic way talking to my my buddies wives or my sister's friends it just i was fine anytime i tried to cross that barrier into maybe asking a girl out or getting a girl's number anything like that it was i was just a disaster really but we're seeing the outcome because we obviously see the wedding ring on your finger as i'm sure we've all looked several times yes <laughs> um, so how did that come to be um uh, you know, it kind of, uh, I had to have, it, it was a lot of really lucky circumstances for me. Um, my, I met my current wife on Loveline. She was a guest on Loveline. Really? really? You know, I, I never would have met Bianca if she didn't come in to, to promote a TV show. And I certainly wouldn't have met her if it was all on me. She really had to do a lot of the legwork. She painted me into a corner mm-hmm. and made me to the point where I, there, I had no choice but to feel comfortable asking her out on a date. So she forced she was, you, basically. Yeah, she was I mean, she, she in no way forced me, but she she went so far above and beyond what most girls would do mm-hmm. in letting me know that it would be okay to ask me out on a date. Like, yeah. Are, so, um, like, you still don't have skills that are developed for picking up. Obviously, you're not going to try and go pick up women now, but so there's still insecurities or discomforts around that yeah, topic. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if really? you were if you were to bring even just ask my wife about it she would tell you how laughably bad laughably bad i was at the beginning of our relationship in dealing with her and if you were to get any of like my ex-girlfriends or even girls i just had like one night stands with they'd tell you they're like oh no it's it's a disaster i had a (laughs) really yeah but how did you get into these one night stands then because for a lot of guys they're like okay well you have one night stand so obviously you're doing something right is it just you like you smile and then they're like oh sure i'll have sex with you every every girl i've had any type of interaction with not uh, non-platonic interaction with was either just uh like the wrong type of girl that you meet at a bar at 3 a.m and says like hey would you like to drive me home and have sex with me and i'm like okay Or was during a period of time where it was, you know, it, and I hate to say it, like it's make it sound so rancid, but that 
that era of when I was on Dancing with the Stars and like I was filling in for Regis pretty consistently, flying back and forth in New York and in LA doing these like pretty visible TV shows. Yeah. Uh, girls would just they they just say that they just kind of make it obvious. Like, would you like? to uh, go home with me and you're like all right i mean and almost and from a guy from a guy like me who had that upbringing of really not feeling any confidence or any connection with women other than finding them attractive and feeling like well that's not for me i'll just i'll gawk at her from afar and hope and wish it was like surreal to be at these like hollywood parties and stuff especially sober yeah. You know, where everybody's partying and then it's like, you know, one in the morning and some girl you've never talked to. It's like super hot chick. And you're, she's like, so where are you going now? I was like, well, I'm, I'm going home. It's, it's four in the morning. She's yeah. Like, where do you live? I'm, I live in Venice. Well, that's awfully far. I live two mm-hmm. blocks away. And you're like, well, like, we should go there then. Fortuitous. Yeah. That's inter- Okay. So we're going to be talking about the, the friend zone later. Yeah. So do, did you find yourself in the friend zone a lot with girls that you did like? Once. Once? And that was because during my, fir- my first marriage, I, was, I got married right out of, like I said, I got that point where I'm now 22, 23. I got into radio. I started working at K-Rock here in L.A. And um, and I just, I had no desire. Not, I don't want to say I had no desire. I didn't have any intention of going out and being this guy or I meet women. And I was singing karaoke at a karaoke bar, and I met my first wife. She came up, She her and her friends approached me. And she had, to, and then she's like, by the end of the night, we were just chit chatting. She's a really beautiful girl. And she's like, are you going to ask for my number or what? And I was like, uh, okay. And that's how I met my first wife. You and know, then, the odds of meeting someone at karaoke seems so small just because you're seeing them in their most vulnerable moment where they're horrible at singing. Yeah. Were you good at singing? I don't know. I or feel like she could be pretty good. Well, I, I mean, I did it. Th- here's the thing. I know I was singing, uh, I, I'll never forget. I was singing Whip It by Devo. <laughs> but I had like the dance to go with it. And, and that's the strange thing in that. In many ways, what other people would be very feel very vulnerable and, and would resist against doing, I'll do that gladly and put myself out there in that way. But when it comes to just having a simple conversation or asking a girl for uh, uh, to go get a cup of coffee, yeah. that's like I'd rather. You well, know. it's interesting because what you're saying, and from what I'm hearing and what I've seen of you, I, I don't think that you're aware of what you do put out there and the confidence that you actually project to other people. Like we walked into Loveline and you started talking to us about your poop. Like that was the first, you didn't even say, hi, my name is Mike. Yeah. You just started talking about that. Right, because, but that was probably easier to talk about yeah. poop. Right, yeah. but something that's what's serious. really appealing. Like, so I have this method of conversation <laughs> I teach the guys that I work with called OSA, which is observation, sharing, and asking a question. So you just observe the world around you and you talk about your world and hopefully they'll jump in instead of trying to jump into their world. And, for me, I can picture you having those interactions after like dancing like uh, up a storm, singing Whip It on stage, looking amazing, being really confident and being funny and having fun. And I can see women being attracted to that and then you owning that space, being a little bit bashful, which is kind of cute after you had that confident moment up on stage and then her asking you out. So so like I think maybe I'm wrong in what I'm saying. What you a- actually project to women probably is confident um, even though maybe on the inside you don't feel or think that way. Yeah, exactly. but I mean, you guys would you know, and I, I'm saying everyone besides Marnie would understand, like, because that's a, the basis for a lot of comedy, though. It's, it is, it's deflection. It's a defense mechanism. And it's so much easier to go to a karaoke bar and sing Whip It and, yeah. and, and move your pelvis around and have everybody go, look at that guy. That's crazy. Then to sing uh, Lady in Red and to really <laughs> devote yourself and really right. get down there. I mean, that that would be it's the same thing with 
I could always I, – I, before I got clean, I, I thought for sure I was going to be a musician. That's what I originally wanted to do. I was in huh. a band – like a relatively popular punk band you know, for that genre. And I thought I was going to be a, a rock star. And it's really easy to get up on stage and hide behind a lot of loud noises and, and dudes that are covered in tattoos. To be a singer-songwriter takes a, a serious kind of devotion to being vulnerable and, and putting yourself out there. And I, I think the same thing goes with trying to surround yourself with new people or maybe potentially someone – that you're interested romantically, it's so much easier to meet you three really attractive women for the first time and then talk about diarrhea <laughs> right. than it is to be like, oh, nice to meet you. I'm Mike. I hope they, I don't hope I don't have something in my teeth. Uh, I hope they don't, I, uh, they're not making fun of how I'm shorter than I thought right. they thought I was. The you bottom know line is start with it's, diarrhea. It's deflection. It's a, it's a coping mechanism. I've, That's been where the, I've been the same way my entire life and I've always said I insult myself first so that someone else can't do it for me you mm -hmm. know i want to call something out before other people behind my back are doing it so i've always been the same way where i'm, I'm insulting myself or being very self-deprecating because to have a real moment with someone is way too scary and right. it, but for that you, first that interaction you want something that catches your attention so i think we've right, talked and about and i before, mean but... sometimes those deflection things can catch your attention and then absolutely but moving forward to then be able to bring down those walls is the next step it's that self-deprecation you know? thing like that's the hottest thing of all i'm always like a tmi person i'll just keep talking and before it's like i'm revealed like everything about myself and i'm walking away just feeling like super vulnerable and strange but it's like that's how you start you know i feel I, like but that's as i think there's also a, an added kind of burden for you guys because you're attractive women and I, there's stop it no i'm serious because you know <laughs> it's going, one thing to please. be a guy and and to be quote unquote funny or self-deprecating to be a girl and to be to be a female and to be an attractive one too there's almost this added pressure of like, okay, don't fall into the dingy broad stereotype or, you know, I do have a short skirt on. I better make a poop joke. You know, right. like you, yeah. you Talk have about those, your period. those, yeah. those, those <laughs> the, 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 the social demands are so much more narrow for attractive women than I think any female or any male, no matter what it may be. You know, I so. agree with you. But, but like the, the type of um, self-deprecation, like that, that's always caught my attention when I'm interacting with guys. Like I've always become attracted to somebody who doesn't do the typical. Like they don't say, hi, my name is Joe and I saw you from across the room. They don't start a conversation like that. They start a conversation with observation, sharing, and asking a question where they're talking about their world around them. And then it's up to me to say, do I want to jump into what you're saying? Because it sounds really interesting and you seem really interested in it. Yeah, that, that, that is a, a, a good point. That's what I always say to like younger guys who call Loveline and they, they ask me for advice about talking to women. And I say, listen, uh, I had to learn from do as I say, not as I do, because I, I'm a disaster. <laughs> yeah. But um, think country, don't think hip hop. And they, they go, well, what does that mean? I say, well, like the great country artists of all time, they were they made their career about exposing their vulnerabilities. And, you know, great hip hop artists, it's all about, uh, you know, promoting their omnipotence and how infallible and awesome they are. Yeah. And that's the basis of hip hop. And that's great. You're like, don't abuse her in a wife beater, abuse her in a do-rag. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Just drink whiskey and punch her. <laughs> yeah. um, no, but but there, there's something to that as far as, I, I, I think especially when you're a young guy, and if you're an old guy and you still feel this way, that's a real problem. But there's this, there's this notion that you can't be masculine and have vulnerabilities mm. at the same time. And I, I think to get through to like an 18-year-old guy and be able to understand that they can expose that and and that actually makes them in turn 
more appealing? Way more. Well, yeah. I mean, that's, that's tough why, for guys. I think that's why Ryan, and I hate to say it because it sounds so cliche, but I think that's why Ryan Gosling is popular currently yeah. because he's mas- masculine enough where he has a de- you know very nice build, but he seems so sensitive and vulnerable. And women just like melt because you don't see that often. Either you see a guy with muscles and he looks kind of douchey or you see a weak kind of dweeby nerdy guy. And if you're into that, that's fine. Well, you know? can we but you don't usually see that that mix of the two. Can we talk about the distinction between the two? Like, what is overly emotional compared to vulnerable? Because I got a lot of questions about that recently, um, where a guy sent me a letter he was sending to a girl that didn't want to be with him, and it was like this long letter of just filled with emotions being wishy-washy, and I was like, no, that is no good. It's yeah. too emotional. You're throwing up on her. If you, you have to show vulnerability, but you have to, um, I say, say what you think rather than say what you feel. So what is the distinction between being vulnerable and then being like an emotional basket case i think it depends on time also like how long i mean there's definitely a difference between between being vulnerable and like just telling them everything that you've ever thought i mean you want to keep it somewhat i feel like you need to have a couple months within a relationship before you can really expose some of those things so what does being vulnerable it's more of an energy vulnerable is an energy you can kind of sense like you can sense that you're shy even though you come across or not shy but you can sense that from you you know but also there's there's a tremendous comfort that comes with being able to kind of I don't want to say portray a character, but when you go, you, you know, but right before we started the show, Haley asked, do you want to be called Psycho Mike or Mike Cather? And I was like, I don't really care. But there's a tremendous comfort in having Psycho Mike there and going on Loveline. Huh. And you guys met me at my job. And it's a, it's a complete different feeling yeah. to be able to do that. And look, getting back to Ryan Gosling, it doesn't hurt that, you know, all these other guys that you, if you think of like action stars and these like over buff guys, and I don't want to name names because if you're into those movies, that's great. But that's kind of a, a distorted view of what is masculine. The thing about Ryan Gosling, on top of being incredibly attractive and having sex appeal, he's really good at his job. Right. Yeah. yeah. And at least I have some comfort to fall back on when I know that I, if all else fails, I can be vulnerable. I, I'm pretty confident that I can do what I do for a living well. So you guys are on my turf now, you know, and that's yeah. when you met me at Loveline. And there's there's some comfort in there. And I think when you're asking the question, what's the difference between vulnerability and going too far? It's the level of honesty behind it. So Sometimes, can, you, can you give me an example? Um, well, I mean, look, there's, there's, I hate to make such a hackneyed analogy, but if you're, if you're some like emo artist who's writing about how you don't have a good relationship with your dad and you cry yourself to sleep at night, yeah, it's pe- obnoxious. It's obnoxious. It, rain, it doesn't sink in where, the same way that if you hear someone's the sincerity behind them opening up about maybe the things that affect he or she. Okay. Yeah, and the frequency of that, you yeah. know, if the if, exactly if he's opening up all the time, where like you can't go get a cup of coffee and just have a general conversation that gets pretty overdone. It's it's the melodrama constantly, and the emo artists they're they're just I mean they're on a whole other plane of of annoying, but it's, right, it's tough because <laughs> as a man in a relationship with a woman, the woman looks to you as a rock. When her world falls apart, she really looks to you as a rock to support her. And I, I, I agree with you, Mike. It is in the honesty. Um, but you definitely can't sulk in it. Yeah. And I, I think if you're honest about it and then you you still stay strong in who you are, uh, I think you're going to be all right. But if you're sulking and you're just like riding this exact same point for too long – then it's going to come off as too emo and naggy. And I yeah. think that's what guys get in a lot of trouble. Right. Yeah, and it's not even about just sharing what's going on with you. It's about, like, being a really fucking awesome listener, like, and being able to relate to her. That's a really big thing. 
Yeah. Said like I had to drop the f bomb for it. No, but you're, you're right. I mean, and there's a big difference between sitting there silently and nodding your head yes, and really listening. Yeah. And another thing is like I think that I've found that I created, uh, I've created a much stronger bond with my my current wife than I could have ever with my first wife. Um, is that I call my current wife on her bullshit. You know, and we're all nodding. Because, <laughs> yeah. And and every once in a while and, and sometimes initially it'll piss her off. But in turn it shows that I really am listening and I really do want and if and sometimes I'll go, Look, you're just being a princess now. I can understand how you could easily be upset about A, B, and C, but at some point you gotta take a step back and realize how insane this is and um that my my respect and appreciation for her feminine energy only strengthens her respect for my masculine energy. You know, you can't really have one without the other. Sure. And if I don't encourage her to to wallow around in her preciousness every once in a while, then she won't allow me to go to to boxing with my buddies. And, and yeah. I, we have to have that kind of give and take. Um, but, uh, you know, because a lot of guys, they just, for the most part, guys don't want to talk as much as their female counterparts do. Right. Um, so in order to get around that, they do, they do, they do the faux listening or the, and they, they'll hear the words and they won't, they'll keep their mouth shut and they'll hear what you're doing. But I, I, you know, I really examine what my wife's saying. And like a lot of times I, I not, I do not. And I say, you're exactly right, honey. But you know, four, four times out of 10, I'll come and I'll be like, whoa, 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 stop, stop. Which Hold is on. great. Yeah. And, and, and that. She needs that and she respects right, that. Exactly. And, and because of that, we have, um, we have such. A, a, a much closer bond on an emotional level uh, than I could never have achieved with girls prior. Now, a lot of that has to do with the fact that I'm, you know, 10 years older now than when I was when I got first married. And right. that changes mm-hmm. everything. But you probably know yourself better. Yeah, a lot better. But I wanted to, sorry to, to veer off of this so quickly, no but I wanted to talk to Kristen about what happened yesterday after she left the show because uh, I thought it was an interesting topic for us to bring up for this week's chapter in the man's playbook. Yes, or as I like to call the laybook, without the P. On this team, we fight for that itch. On this team, we tear ourselves and everyone else around us to pieces for that itch. We claw with our fingernails for that itch. Because we know when we add up all those inches, that's going to make the fucking difference between winning and losing. I went to Coffee Bean afterward because I had to do some work on my laptop. And, um, you know, they have these communal tables in the coffee Where are you from? Do I sound like I'm from Chicago or the Midwest? Uh, Yes. It it didn't come out, and even the entire time you were at Loveland, (laughs) it didn't come out until I I heard laptop. Laptop, yeah. It's it's tragic because I actually wish I had a New York accent. I'm from upstate New York, but I sound like I'm from nowhere. Chicago. Yeah. Anyway, so um, I was going to this communal table at Coffee Bean, which I hate. The Why do they have to have those? We don't need to be best friends at a lunch table. Like we're adults. Can we each have our own separate I table? think it's to fake people into thinking that they're in They're Munich. not alone. No, like, like oh, you're in Western <laughs> Europe because we have a communal table. Right. Or it's because everyone who goes to coffee shops are just so lonely. It's yeah. like, here, you have friends. Look at, look at all these people sitting alone. around you. Yeah. Just, yeah. Like, I like to point out a correction. I said Western Europe and Munich. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we're in Western Europe. Look at us. We're in Lisbon. All right, thank you. Go yeah, ahead. Yeah, yeah. Australia. Yeah, right. Okay, I'm really bad at geography, so I just embarrass myself trying to correct you at any of those. Um, but anyway, I had to sit down right between two people that were in a conversation, and it was an older guy and a younger blonde, clearly here just 
to pursue acting had just gotten here, blonde, pr- very pretty. And it was so uncomfortable because I sat right between the two of them. I've never felt uglier in my life because he was so into her and I was just this like invisible frog. But he was yeah. doing the whole thing of I can get you an agent. Yeah. Um, I mean, it was every cliche in the book for a girl just getting to Hollywood. And really, in the end, it just came down to him. It To me, it just seemed like he wanted to get her information because – once she gave him her phone number for the agent, I mean, the guy was like on cloud nine. Oh, yeah, for sure. Well, I have a lot of guys who write in to me about this topic where they've offered to get a girl a job or something, like something where I call it nice guy manipulation where they're like pussyfooting around what they actually want rather than stating their intention. Um, And so they promise this girl either a job or an introduction to an agent, whatever it is, they use that as an excuse as opposed to just asking her out on a date or asking for her phone number, which in turn creates this like well, I think spiral effect of negativity. I think it happens because the girl probably would say no to this guy. And it's but a different expectation. Know. She's going into that with the expectation that it's just going to be a casual thing. I call this a sneak attack. Yeah. Oh, that's good. I, that's I always my term. Because I, this would happen often to me before and I remember like you get there and you're like, well shit, now it's it's this thing where they are, you know, you're you're drinking and it's like you're never even talking about what you thought you're talking about and, and you're, you're on a date. trying to veer back to that conversation. Yeah. And I think men need to state their intentions up front because it's not going to do you any good to waste. I'm going to ask you more questions on that because you have, I have experience with, I'm sure we all do, but you have experience with it a lot. So tell me from your point of view as a woman, like what, what were you thinking and what did that do to you? Were you thinking, eh, I know what he really wants, but I really want this job. Or were you thinking, oh, he's going to give me a job? Well, I think it evolved. I think initially, you know, at 22, I was like, yeah, this is definitely going to work out. This is going to be a great (laughs) gig for me. Cut to us in his apartment and I'm like dun, dun, dun. <laughs> cut to you like, in a ditch yeah <laughs> cut to me and now dead. cut to you here yeah like somehow I'm alive <laughs> um yeah so I think initially I thought it was going to pan out but now that I've gotten older I think you know how to look for those signs and you can see their their intentions but you know it's 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 scary too for young girls and I think that this kind of goes into my rant about like female safety I don't want to get off, off on that but um you you have to really uh be aware. And I think that men are wasting their time when they do that because at the end of the day, I mean, yeah, you might get one night with her, but it's really not going to be the girl that you're going to be able to. Well, some guys just want the one night. So then, so then, 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 I, yeah. then there, there they go. They won. I, I think that uh, in the long run, like it, it just screws you over because you end up messing with this girl's head a little bit, leading her on, yes. or leading her down a certain path. Um, and you don't ultimately end up getting what you want. You well, don't. It, it's very denigrating to think that you Good have word. to offer yeah. a woman something yeah. to get her to be interested exactly. in. Like, exactly. Like, well, you're just a helpless woman, so I'm going to help you get a job and break that glass ceiling. That's what I'll do for you, but in order to get that, you must scratch my back. I mean, it's, <laughs> yeah. exactly. it's really kind of an insulting idea. Now, but it's probably very useful for the guy who is just looking to bang a lot of chicks. Yeah. You know, the, right. I think that uh, one thing that a lot of guys should get through their skull is like, if you want to be a, a hound dog and bang everyone in the world, that's fine. Just know that that's what you're going to do and, and that there's a a, 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 a profound difference between how you should approach women 
for doing that and how you should approach women to try to maybe get something for going. Sure. That's for really sure. good advice, most, actually. Most of the guys who are asking this question are the ones who don't know how to transfer it over, who yeah. are just like, this is what I'm relying on yeah. because this is my comfort level, like what you were saying before. You know, your comfort level was um, to disarm yourself with a sense of humor by putting it out there. This is their level of comfort. That's where they go to to get comfort yeah. with a woman. So it's not like they can suddenly just say, okay, I'm a player, whatever, I'm going to offer you a job, then you're going to come back to my apartment and we're going to bank. They, these guys are saying... I don't know how to transfer it over after I've offered her this option right. of having a job or whatever it is that he's offering to well, her. Well, a lot of these guys, they never had game to begin with. You know, right. they, they were probably guys that had problems picking up girls when they were younger. Now they, they are in an industry that gives them a little bit of power where they can use that card to now talk to these hot women that would have never talked so to them before. So how do they transfer that over? Because that can stretch out, and I've had this happen. Like I was talking about it before, where I worked in corporate restructuring when I first moved here in like a marketing position, yeah. and I would have guys all the time saying, yeah, let's meet up for drinks. Let's go to the AMAs and do this and blah, blah, blah. And thinking in my head, oh, we're going to talk business in this yeah. nice like format. That's awesome. I'm going to the AMAs to talk business. And then they would like get a little flirty and kind of creepy, but because I didn't want to ruin a business relationship, I would play along with it but I would never let it go anywhere and I had a boyfriend at the time so it, it does become it, it, it ends up screwing everything up because I never ended up doing business with these people because yeah. I was too uncomfortable to go out with them again like how does a guy segue out of okay you know I'm offering you a job but you know what I'm also interested in you what's I, the right way for him to do I, I think the best way to do that if he did like a girl is to actually try and get her a job do, do what he said he was going to do. Stick by his word. And then once he's done that, then later on, and now that you've built a relationship with that person, hey, you know, outside of work, you want to go grab a drink sometime. Yeah, but don't that's leave. And that's, good, that's actually really good advice yeah, because I found that most men would leave the carrot dangling for so long. Yeah. Like, you can't but, have this. But these men, they're they're not going to get you a job without trying to get laid. But then it's the girl. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say, how do, how, do guys, how do guys separate that? I think the guy that does that doesn't. I think any guy who has any desire to separate yeah. relationships from, from work and, and, and finding the right uh, employee for the right job as opposed to fucking a chick that he finds attractive – the guy who lets those lines get blurred doesn't have any desire to separate them, and then probably, and then when he does, he doesn't have that ability to do it anyway. You know, I, I just think point. that there's two mm. different types of, uh, of psyche. You know, and the dude who I want to call goes, you Psyche Mikey. Psyche Mikey. <laughs> <That's better. laughs> the, like guy, the guy who goes around town, who goes to Coffee Bean, telling a girl he can get her an agent, is not the guy who's really concerned about separating that when it you're, when it's all said and done. Right, you know? right now. That's true. That is very true. All right. So this completes. I was like, well, thanks anyway. I already have an agent. <laughs> Asshole. <laughs> <laughs> I just totally didn't notice me. Like, well, this completes our segment of today's chapter in the man's playbook. Did I say that right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah? Okay. Sounded good. Yeah. Okay, good. I'm glad. I'm glad. But this, yeah, so the, the whole point for this chapter is to, you know, move forward, stating State your, your intentions. intentions. Don't hide behind, like, fake offerings of jobs or whatever else you want to offer. Um, but after this, we are going to get into Analyze This with Mike Catherwood and the rest of the women from Ask Women Podcast. Adam and Eve is determined to help you spice things up in the bedroom. So and you no longer have to use cayenne pepper, right? <laughs> 
<laughs> and they're backing up that promise. So check this out, guys. Go to adamandeve.com and you'll get 50% off almost any item when you enter offer code ASKWOMEN at checkout. Okay, that's a pretty good deal in itself. But if you do it now, you'll also get a free Big O kit. Who doesn't Ow! love the Big O, right, guys? I love Big O's. <laughs> that's the dream. Adam and Eve's Big O kit includes their exclusive Climax gel and a mini vibe. Can you use that as hair gel, too? <laughs> You'll also Some get places. your entire order sent to you for free. So hurry, take advantage of this deal while it lasts. You can choose a new adult toy, a naughty movie, or almost anything else for 50% off. Then you'll also get free shipping plus the Big O kit, including the Climax Gel and Mini Vibe. Just use offer code ASKWOMEN at checkout. That's ASKWOMEN at AdamandEve.com. You're listening to the Ask Women Podcast, a Podcast One presentation. Boys have a penis, girls have a vagina. Hey, guys, welcome back to the Ask Women Podcast. We get real advice here from the source. Um, if you ever want to shop for toilet paper like Marnie does yes. online, which is I still find incredibly bizarre, go to or efficient. Uh, go to the Ask Women page on podcastone.com and click on the Amazon logo and start buying um, whatever it is you're too lazy to go out and buy it in the real world. <laughs> Why would you ever buy TP online? Why not? Well, I mean, I've it's got a good idea. Hours in a day. Come I on, think it's a pain in the ass to carry at home. Door. I always am like trying to like yeah, but really, that's like, actually through. a good point. I mean, it's it's. I think anything that's not perishable, you should figure out a way to buy it online. If you that's know true. what brand you like, Absolutely. if you know. That's true. You like, can have it automatically come to you yeah. every month if you want. Like I wouldn't get, oh, really? I, I wouldn't my, get my ground turkey online. Is every month. Right. Through Amazon, you can say Amazon. the same thing every it month. Depends which vendor it is, but yes, you you absolutely what if you can. Go, what if you have a heavy flow and you need an ASAP? <laughs> well, hopefully, you have it on a monthly. I don't know. <laughs> I <haven't really laughs> bulk. That. Can I have this is a different bulk? show. So weird. I know. I'm, I, I'm very. It's very nice to see a return to women not taking the birth control pill and actually using tampons and stuff. Yeah, birth control. Because it got really it, like pretty much. I didn't know a girl who had periods in like 2002. I know. What it makes them just disappear? Yeah, Did, it was like such yours? a such a thing. You know, not with the, mine. No. Oh. You guys get like, the shot or the ring I, or the? Do you just go straight up? Well, when I, w- when I took the pill, which I, like, don't anymore, I had, like, Niagara Falls. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> have you ever seen... It was really bad. Uh, have you ever seen the movie Children of Men? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I feel like we are moving toward that. By drugging up our women so much, I feel one day it'll just be a point where women just can't have children anymore. Yeah. I know. It's well, crazy. I, I feel like we're fucking up women so much by, uh, pardon my language, by... Uh, no, say it. Confusing them on what their spo- like their role should be and yeah. then forcing them to be in the workforce more but than men, men are. Too, but men too. It's also like this gender, these roles have like fucked up everybody because it's like yeah. men think that they should now be able to be so sensitive and do all these things that women do and it's vice versa. Well, yeah. I'm like, I'm not all for women's rights <laughs> because I just, I would, I don't want to work. Yeah. You know, why did I get thrown into this generation where like I have to... Right, I hear that. You know, I I would much rather have been a sweeper in my home in the kitchen in 1950 because it's easier. There's too many options. I have too much anxiety. If I was just shoved in a closet with no choice, it's just well, what, what it, you know. Women, women, 2013 is not a, not a good time to women, women in 2013 are where guys were kind of starting to develop in like the early 90s. I think with you know there's the, oh God. I, f- I wish I could claim who uh, or, or give give credit to who came up with the idea but he wrote a whole book on it it was the paradox of choice and you give the human mind too much choice and it's a bad thing right you, know, you have to limit limit it somewhat in order for humans to flourish and guys and my father when he graduated high school he had about three choices he could go into the military he could try and go to college or he can just go right into a vocation you right. know find a, a plumber to work for or get on a construction line or or he can try to go to college for his education and do something of a higher education 
or go right to the military. That was it. Now every, you know, in the mid-90s, it was like the dream of the 90s. I, I'm going to wear a soccer jersey and drink coffee. Maybe I'll go to Spain. And, uh, you know, man, I can do that because I've been liberated as a guy. And I don't have to be, you know, the man of the house if I don't want to be. Yeah. And things but got skewed. And things good. got screwed up. A freedom of choice is without question a very yeah. good thing. But uh, it, at some point, it becomes too, I mean, it'd be like floating in space. Yeah. The fir- at first, it's very liberating. You're like, I'm awash a in this vast nothingness. But then you have no point of reference. You have absolutely, it's like, where am I? Right. And yeah. I, a lot of guys I know, myself included, you're 22 and you're like, fuck, what am I going to do? I mean, who am I? And, and, um, and, and it's very confusing. And women, more, more so than any other time in history, especially in this country, I think are faced with that too because it's very confusing. 40% of women in this country, 40, I mean, it's close to half are the breadwinners in their household now. Talking about choices is actually a good way to segue into what we're talking about next in Analyze This. So I wanted to tell you guys a story. Sorry to cut you off, but it it, it does segue into it well because um, when you're talking about the friend zone, Mm -hmm. there is a choice there. Because I say to guys, the only one putting you in the friend zone is you. You are making the choice to be a friend. You're making the choice to not state your intentions. Anyway, there's lots of choices that are right there. So I, I was being interviewed the other day about the friend zone and my opinions because I have a lot of opinions on the friend zone and um, I was saying at the end of the call well you know at the end of the day there's just sometimes when a girl's not going to be into you because we were talking about how to break out of the friend zone and you can say to the girl I you know I like you I want to be with you Um, other options of getting out of the friend zone and I again said at a certain point, there's just some people who are not going to see you that way. They're not going to be attracted to you. And mm-hmm. the person that was interviewing me said, eh, that's not true. And I was like, okay, well, tell me what you think about that. Why do you think that that's not true? And so I have a clip from the interview that I gave the other day that Mo is going to play for us. And I would like us to listen to what he has to say and then analyze this. A woman does not know what she wants until a man tells her. Women go around and they meet men and they have no idea what category to put them in. They don't know, is this guy a potential lover? Is he a friend? Is he a husband? Is he somebody that I would want to have a some sort of one night affair with? The only way that she knows is based on where he is leading. And there are times when she may put up resistance and might not be able to see him that way. However, it is, there is no um, resisting a man of formidable and consistent intention because eventually a woman will be worn down to see the vision that he has. Something intoxicating about a man who is willing to withstand a woman's rejection and say, baby, I'm still here. All right. Other than being extremely, uh, I'm not going to say yeah, his yeah. name, but other, the robot man. yeah, the robot man. Yeah, exactly. the, I was going to say other than being the. robotic. So what what he is saying is that you know if a man is a man of integrity, strong character, he will always get what he wants from a woman. He essentially beat her down to being with him. He will get her to go to the bedroom. He will get her to date him. He will get her to take that risk or. Uh, seize that opportunity to try being with him. Yeah. And I want to know if you guys think that's true because uh, from your faces, I, I say no. <laughs> I, think, I think it's BS. Do you? Mm-hmm. I think that there's a it's- chance. I mean, okay, so I had an experience where I dated a guy in college who 
uh, you know, I wasn't attracted to him. We were really good friends, and we just kept hanging out because I had a good time with him, and he was consistently pursuing me. But I was always interested in him as a friend. It wasn't like there was nothing there. I think to say that you're going to consistently pursue someone, you know, it's like... Well, did you make out with take him? Take it easy. Did eventually. Make- okay, so th- so he beat you down, so he got he you. He beat me down. I mean... So he eventually got you. Yeah. He handcuffed me. Yeah, I was and- there, was, there was some... <laughs> I know you but so, so why did you eventually make out to see what it was like? I just think I really enjoyed being around him, and I wasn't ever that attracted to him. I was going to say, but you also got to a point where there was no other guys there. At that, you know what I'm saying? There was Maybe. eventually came a time where he was hanging around as a friend, and you just got to a point where there was no other dudes who it? were higher up on the lineup. Yeah, you're like, let's, let's, let's that low hanging fruit thing. No, I no, I don't think so. I mean, look, I, I think a lot of what that guy just said is total BS, but a, a lot of what he said is very true. Yeah. I think he just muddied the waters by having two arguments in one. I think mm-hmm. w- when he started off by saying a woman doesn't know what she wants until a guy tells her is utter bullshit because I think every girl, every girl, of no matter what her taste is, no matter what her style, when she meets a guy, she's like, oh, this guy would be a great guy to have a beer with and hang out, or I really want to rip this guy's clothes Thank off. You. I think all women have that feeling. Whether a guy puts his foot in his mouth or ruins that image of them, women create the idea. You know, they just have some certain kind of visceral reaction to meeting men. Yeah, We're all nodding our heads. I agree. Yeah. I completely agree. So I don't think that the, the, his argument that it, she, she doesn't know what she wants until she's told. But I do think that a guy, when he approaches a woman, has to make it very clear what his intentions are. Mm-hmm. I do think that, like, you, you can't fall into the friend zone if you really wanted to date a girl. And you can't start dating a girl if you really just wanted to be her, uh, her friend, uh, you know, because you work together. If you are, like, uh, taking on the, the, the male role in a, in a heterosexual relationship, you have to make that clear. A guy needs to state his claim early on. Whether it's done verbally, literally saying, look, I, I don't want to, like, go to class with you if you're in college. I don't want to go get caught. I'd like to consider dating. Is that something you'd be up for? Or if it's done through actual kind of, you know, understood messages by but the type of date you ask them on by the thing which is which is great advice yeah. so you so let's say a guy states his intentions and the girl's like eh, you know i just i just really don't want to ruin our friendship yeah. or i don't see you that way so what he's talking about is be, about being persistent past that point so that you're still stating your intention consistently but he was talking about he's he gave a scenario later on where um he would look at one of his female friends who he has been pursuing or he had been pursuing for a long time and said you know i can give you the best orgasm you've ever had right and then walked out. It's like, yeah, but your, your face isn't doing it for me. But, like, I don't care if it's the but, best orgasm of all time. But be honest, that would slightly intrigue you and excite you in some way. If if you were seeing him as a friend, you didn't, you weren't completely creeped out by this guy. I'm just trying to take the other side because I actually yeah. ended yeah, up agreeing I, I with actually, what he said. I agree with the guy. Um, the woman I'm with right now, who is probably going to be the woman I marry, uh, I, I love the girl to death. She did not like me when we first met. I had to pursue her for an entire year. Uh, when we first met, she, I, I let her know my intentions. She let me know that she wasn't into me. I actually found out the guy that she was into, who was this scrawny little white dude who I just wanted to beat up anyway. But, <laughs> but I, I could just tell I wasn't her type. I wasn't her style. But I was persistent, persistent. Valentine's Day, I'd leave her a little rose, like little things like that. I'd call her. You know, she wouldn't answer. I'd call her again. Like, I was so wow. persistent with it. So you weren't even friends, really? No, no, we weren't. I, like, had to force myself into her life, into her world, take all the rejection that came with it. And then finally I got to a point where we Finally I got arrested. Out. 
we're hanging out together, and I go in to kiss her, and she pulls away. And I'm like, what the? And this is a year after putting in work. I'm like, you know what? F you. I'm done with you. I'm not going to do this anymore. I've never had to work so hard in my life for a girl. And then she calls me a week later and says, I don't want you to be done with me. I'm like, well, are you going to start? Are we going to start seeing each other? She's like, yes. And she gave in. And then we've been sweethearts ever since. I have like a polar opposite story that ends in LinkedIn. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I date, or I didn't date. I, when I was in college, this kid uh, named Colby was like in love with me. I, we had nothing in common. He was like this very buttoned up, very well dressed, kind of very serious type. And he he chased me, I think, from the time I was a freshman until the end of our sophomore year. And um, the the furthest thing that I did with him was go on like a like a I went to a dance with him, like a college dance. But we were just friends. I didn't. We never kissed. Nothing. And then. Um, and he, he would put notes under my door, and I just wouldn't break because I, I saw n- us not connecting, and I saw it as a complete waste of time, and we were good buddies. And I thought he could kind of see into my soul a little bit because he goes, your, your style is you like to try but not look like you're trying. And I was yeah. like, oh, you're the first person that's kind of like, get me. You, got, you got that. But beyond that, it was just we didn't connect. So anyway, um, I haven't seen him since college, and so last year I was like, I wonder where Colby is. And I found him not not on Facebook, not on Twitter, but on LinkedIn. So now we're connected on LinkedIn, and that's as far as it ever went or ever would go, and no matter how hard he pr- pursued me. Did you ever question it? No. Never. So you were never like, oh, I wonder what it would be like? No, never, never. Honestly, never. I just thought, you know, no, it just wouldn't work, and I just know it in my soul. So I think in certain in- instances or with certain women it could work. But there's also certain women like me that it would not work with. Yeah, so what's the difference? I mean, we all have had stories like Mo pursued someone for a while and it works. And same with me, kind of, and yours is the opposite. But So what's the difference? Like, how would guys know whether they should really, like Mo, be persistent for a year, yeah. which is an insane amount of time? That's the real problem I had with that guy's theory. Because I do think that there's plenty of times when persistence is, is very important. And um, it's just really based on the type of vibe you get off that person. And there's really no way for certain guys to know. And I would hate to see guys who have no fucking chance waste long periods of their life, you know, relentlessly pursuing one girl. Mm -hmm. I mean, we have to stay in reality. How did you know to keep going? Or why? Um, Why did you keep going? Mo just looked in the mirror. He's like, of course she wants this. I I always had luck with, thank God I had luck with women growing up. So first of all, this was one of the first women that just said no to me. And, and was persistent with saying no to me. So already that intrigued me. But, can, sorry, but, I to knew, you, but how was she saying no? Was she like, no, you're a player, or no? There, there was a little bit of that that was flirty, but it was pretty obvious that she just didn't want to date me. Yeah. She, it just wasn't there. And I, I, to be honest with you, I, can, I could only say it somehow I knew, like our souls were connected in, say, another Aww. life or somehow intertwined to where Don't do that. I just, <laughs> I Sorry. something instinctual kicked over and I just had to, because we, you know, after we had dated for a while, we broke up for like four years and she was the woman I could never get out of my mind. Really? To where, you know, after that four year break, you know, we're finally back together, you know, three and a half years strong. Okay. But it was, you know, it's. You just know. 
Well, that's that's the thing that can get us in trouble with the you just know because there's some guys who write into me and say there's this waitress who I see every Friday night and she smiles at me from across the bar and I just know she gets me. I just know. There's got got to be more than that. You can't. So what is the more? What is the more? You have to actually have a friendship with this girl. You know, there has to be some interaction going on where you actually talk to each other and it's not always threatening like I like you, I like you, I like you. She gets to know you. But you know, I was I started getting manipulated with it. Like I let her know she liked me. I let her know that I liked her, and I was working, and, I, and when she wasn't giving it to me, you know, there were times I'd bring other girls around that she knew, or that's, her that's, girlfriend started really liking me, too, and then all of a sudden, she's like, I wasn't giving her that attention, and now she wanted that attention. She was starving for it. She was trying to... In a sense, you kill all yeah. these other women off, so then she was my main one. Well, it sounds like you were just going ahead and living your life, unless you were trying to. Make I, her I was going. No, I, but that was part of you know. I it, it was a little manipulative of me, but it was part of the plan of. I know I wanted this girl, and I knew that that would have helped out. I'm sure this is a little different because it's uh, a woman pursuing versus a man. But for you, Mike, did your wife? Pers- How long did she pursue you? I'm sure it wasn't that long for you to say, "Sure, I'll go out with you." But was it an extended yeah. amount of time? It was. A it long was time. really. Yeah. yeah, because I just never, I honestly never assumed like she wanted me for anything romantic. I thought she was, you know, I, I have the luxury of hosting a radio show that has a lot of actresses and models come on and. Once or twice a week, there's a ridiculously beautiful girl sitting in front of me. And I thought it was a business arrangement just like every other beautiful girl that comes on the show to promote whatever project. Right. And I certainly had a good rapport with her, but I never in a million years assumed she wanted anything outside of that. And little did I know she was like totally smitten with me. And in fact, like I'm you guys, I don't know if they gave it to you guys because you guys work uh, in the same kind of umbrella company for the podcast that drew and i do but they give a they give you like little gift bags at the end of love line did they give you the no. as yes no. okay. no. I, again maybe i've just you sold out executive ah. producers. yeah you don't want them anyway because it's <laughs> probably all the same stuff that you guys do uh promotions for um so uh they gave her like this and she was like i hope that he put his number in there like that's what she was thinking and i was like i can't fucking imagine doing that like i can't imagine being like well, this girl's like going to guest on my radio show. So she started tweeting me, like, because we both followed each other on Twitter. And we would, like, make these funny tweets back and forth. But again, I never thought, like... You were like, she's just doing this for promotion. Yeah, not friendly. a promotion, but she was just a nice girl. And I, yeah. I have plenty of, like, weird Twitter, you know, interactions with plenty of hot chicks that have come on the radio show since then and 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 before that and after that and plenty of male guests you know comedians i talk about how fun it was having on the show and then we talk send each other's pictures of each other shitting it's (laughs) you know what i'm saying i never thought anything of it until finally we started direct messing each other on twitter and 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 i i mean literally she asked she's like are 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 you gonna ask me out or what is it it's getting to the point where it's getting uncomfortable and that was months months after we met yeah well, you were like getting uncomfortable. I didn't even know you wanted me to ask you. Exactly. Right. And then wow. we, on our first date, that's what I told her. I was like, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to make this so weird, but like, she, I just never really thought you'd want to go out with me. I had no. But did you want to go out with her? Of course I would. If I would have known that there was some type of potential there, I would have asked her out in a second. But yeah, I just hadn't. You know? yeah, what, 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 what was your, your mind? Thick as skull. Like, how, how long did you wait after you got that message to ask her out? The one where it was like pretty clear, it, it was almost immediate. But yeah. but it was like four or five messages that got increasingly more detailed. 
You know what's great? We talked about this in, in, a, characters in another segment yeah. um, in a previous episode where when you allow a relationship to build without any sex, right, knowing someone for a couple months and allowing that banter and that flirtation to develop, then when you actually start dating, it's it's even more amazing because you guys actually know each other. Yeah. And, and sex doesn't define what that relationship is right off the bat. The yeah. friendship does. No, there's a, and then also my, my wife and I, uh, we didn't have sex for a long time. I mean – so much longer than I'm accustomed to because I, I like I was kind of flying by the seat of my pants when it came to relationships before that. Was that her decision or yours? I think a mutual one. Yeah. I mean, like I, so I talked about it. Certainly, she initiated there it certainly was like a lot of physical attraction, yeah. but she she thought like she didn't know how to handle me and to take me because much like you guys, she met me on the air. So she thought like it was going to be a whole different experience. And after the first couple of dates, like she did not like me very much. Now that she didn't like me as a person, like so this guy's a dick, she's just like, wow, he's so inadequate in so many ways. Like he did, like I didn't kiss her for the first four or five dates. I didn't wow. even like try to because I was like, I don't want to overstep my boundaries. I don't know yeah. what's right and what's not right. And I didn't like she said. She says I don't buy this, but I remember like a certain date we went on earlier that she could like try to hold my hand during a movie, and I was like, I don't remember that but she's like i was trying to like give you these signals that it's a and uh and i was just i'm so weird in that way i have such bad intimacy um well this is a good note for people who are listening to yeah. to, to not do those things because i know and as to look a, for signals and yeah. to look yeah. for signals because i i know that as a woman like if i like a guy and i'm putting my subtle signals out there that it's not me pouncing on a guy which probably i would do now but um if i'm like you know twiddling my hair or licking my lips or leaning in whatever it is that i'm saying kiss me or touch me or what whatever it is and they're not picking up on it yeah. i slowly get pissed off and then I start to hate him. And then I belittle him. And it's it's horrible. Yeah. I do it naturally. I'm not doing it on purpose. But but that's the course that I do I go think, down. I think a lot of women are like that. Yeah. I mean, my wife certainly, like, there was a period where she's she really contemplated, like, do I even put effort into this guy? Do I go forward with this? Because yeah. he's so, uh, he's, 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 he doesn't reciprocate with any affection. You know, he, he's very nice. He opens doors for me. He listens to me, all that, but when it came to really initiating the physical stuff, and that's been the only real pervasive problem uh, with our marriage is that our sex life is great. She just wishes I would initiate it more, uh, and huh. I'm trying to be, I'm trying to be Mr. Gentlemanly, and I'm trying to, and I've come from this that's world where it's like I, I've been, <laughs> I, I kind of feel I don't want to be a caveman and, and come home and demand my sex. And she's like, no, I kind of want that. Yeah. You know, I need she you wants to, you to come yeah. and say, like, I want you right now. I don't care what you're doing. We're going into the bedroom or I'm having you right here on the table. Frequency, Not every time. Frequency and quality of our sex life is I have zero. It's amazing. But she she, she says, you know, you need to speak for yourself. You know, I a lot of the time I, I'm going to want it just as much as you do. And, and even if I don't, there's something very attractive about you wanting it. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And it's hard as a woman also to either continuously initiate and possibly be rejected or just always initiate. Yeah. It is it is challenging. And it's hot when the man initiates. Oh, it. for sure. Yeah. Or it's nice when there's a balance, obviously, because then you feel super sexy. But I want to get to some emails from people who wrote into us. So if you have any email or any questions that you want to ask us or our guests, write into ask at askwomenpodcast.com. So here is the first question I got. I love how our audience is so international. But it's George oh. from London. From London. George. 
George, I don't know his last name, but it's George from London. Okay, so he said, first of all, I would like to say that I love the show and hope it continues for a very long time. My problem is the approach. I know how to use scenarios to start up conversation, as in coffee shops and through friends' introductions, but my problems lie within the club scene, uh, where there is loud noise and few uh, precious moments to make an impact. So, okay, so basically my questions are how to approach a girl in a nightclub properly and how to escalate a conversation to a more sexual one properly. George, just move to the United States and use your British accent. You Absolutely. Are you don't need an approach. There you go. Next question. Okay. Done. No. Done. But seriously, so how, how, how does a guy approach a girl in a nightclub it's hard to close no matter what to close a deal but when you can't even hear someone like i get this because it's even harder it's like it's kind of a nightmare i don't yeah. have advice jorge jorge listen to me here um i would not be meeting girls in a nightclub nightclubs are the hardest places yeah. to meet women it's purely a physical realm i bet my, mike over wants. here you in were London? probably like great in nightclubs because <laughs> no, you're a good looking dude thank you and that's more than enough and well, you're bad you sounded like you're bad talking to women so it's probably perfect yeah. for you the one time i actually succeeded if you can call it that i had a i had a one night stand with a girl from a, like a night an actual like nightclub i was uh in new york city i wasn't here in la and i was uh this is a long time ago and this was a place called twilo i don't even know if it's still open but back in the late 90s it was like a hot spot for like insane dancing and I was Twilo. I was <laughs> fucked up. I was so high. I was so high. I was doing I was going to I was by myself in New York City going to the bathroom every nine minutes to do bumps of cocaine and I was drunk and I started talking to this girl and uh, and I don't mean this in any way to be insulting. It's just it, it, it is a very important part of the story. She was not physically very attractive. But we were hanging out and she was by and we were sitting on these like long booth type things in this uh, in the only area where there wasn't like dance floor. You know, it was like these big booths. We were just sitting chit-chatting. We were just talking. And I don't remember about what, but she was very nice to talk to and everything. And her really attractive friend came over and was like, what are you guys doing over here? <laughs> and then we just started talking like the three. And uh, it was not very long before the really attractive friend pulled me away from the unattractive friend and it was it was on and popping and i remember and i went to her place in uh it was like in soho like not way before it was cool to live in soho <laughs> and i had no idea where i was the next day and it was awesome but you didn't really have to do anything she just kind of like looked at you and like yeah. nah, nah, nah. and you're like nah, nah, nah. yeah like, and then, i don't know you want to do cocaine <laughs> so like i mean when he this for george when he's yeah. in the club i feel like maybe get her away to like a, i don't know Marnie. to a quiet place jorge yeah Listen, <laughs> come on step number one you want to get laid in a nightclub have cocaine. Right. That's, yeah. uh, that That's really helps. And then yes. call Loveline to figure out how to get over your addiction. And then figure out how to not do cocaine a lot. But it does help for trashy <laughs> women and getting laid. Like, there's no doubt about it. I just feel like there it. can't be okay, really much happening in So what is it that cocaine does to you? Because I want to make a point here. Because cocaine frees your mind. You stop thinking about things. You don't have meaningful conversations and deep conversations while they you're in feel a deep. You have a freaking fun time. Yeah. That's what you're doing. Well, and so it's for, not very communal. So it's not like like if you break out a joint at a party where it's like 30 people be like, hey, man, I don't know. 
Like, you filter out the people who are ready to play hardball very quickly when you're at a, any social gathering. You're like, who wants to do blow? It's like usually three people. And if one of those people happens to be a reasonably attractive person, <laughs> I love person that we're like yeah. trying to convince them to do cocaine. My, my point was aside from doing the cocaine, you don't need to do the cocaine to get into that mind space. No. Have fun at a club. Stop worrying about going and talking to women and like lurking around the room trying to spot out the girls you want to talk to. Make sure that you are having fun first. Because, like, a couple of weeks ago, I talked about my first ever one night stand. And and I was at a club, kind of a club, like yeah. backpacking club. But the reason I was so attracted to the guy that I ended up going home with was because he was having fun. Yeah. He yeah. was dancing. He was with his friends. He was having a good time. And then, like, he shimmied over at some other girls and then went back to his friends and had a really good time. Yeah. That That's is my huge, advice. Yeah. Have I, a good time. Ha- Listen, and this is something I definitely learned from Dancing with the Stars. Uh, is that <laughs> yeah. go out there and dance. If you are the shittiest dancer in the world, don't. it doesn't matter. Have Own fun it. with it. Yeah. And, and don't if you're shitty and you think you're awesome, that's bad. But if you're right. you're not a good dancer, do, just have fun. Just flail around, do the yeah, uh, do the white man's yeah, overbite do, or whatever. Uh, be like firing yeah. the pistols, the sprinkler. Yeah. If 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 it is there, there is that sense of fun that that is infectious. Yeah. And even if it's not uh, about getting laid, just that sense of having fun and not taking yourself so seriously is very very important. Because a lot of times, especially in nightclubs, everybody likes. So you're to saying pretend. do cocaine? Yes. <laughs> but I'm but also in nightclubs, especially. Uh, People try to pretend like they're too cool for school, and yeah, that's, right. that doesn't lead to fun. You know, but exactly. Like, such an ugly atmosphere. Nothing is more. I, exactly. I think off. what George could follow from your story too is you started off talking to the not so pretty friend. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And you, and you, that's and a good segue. You were high on cocaine, but you were having probably a great conversation. She was, she, like that's what the thing it was. Yeah. was out of all these people, I don't dance. I'm not very good at it, and I didn't feel social. This girl and I, we were talking about like interesting stuff, yeah, cool like, stuff. Yeah. And and this pretty girl saw that and was like, "I want to be a part of that conversation. That guy seems interesting, and he's having fun. I want to be part of the that." The ugly Ooh, friend one. is probably still paying for therapy right now, yeah. by the way, and she's definitely googling you all the time. I don't know. <laughs> she's Google imaging. <laughs> I, don't, I I often think about Google that. Google image like, search. Like who? Because <laughs> I just the, the type of guy I was growing up. I wonder. I was like, I constantly wonder who's like hears me on the radio or they see me on some whatever tv show and they're like whoa no 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 no, no. that, that guy, was the that guy, guy that woke up in my sprinklers you know like, <laughs> that was the guy who pooped his pants at my grandma's house when we had that keg party like what? yeah I, I, i'm constantly wondering like i wonder how many people are just blown away if they hear me talking about anything reasonably respectful oh, i'm sure and like yeah. I'm sure. That's so funny. Okay, next question. Um, my name is Josh. So this, I don't know where he's from. He didn't say. But love the podcast. Here's my situation. I have been best friends with this one girl for the last five years, but I haven't seen her in the last two years after graduating college because of long distance. I will get to see her for the first time in two years in August. I've always had a little thing for her, but she is in a relationship, or she was in a relationship for most of the time I have been friends with her. She's now single, and I want to tell her I like her. Do you think it would be a good idea to ask her out on a date when I see her to determine if there is that chemistry there between us. Yes. Yeah. Do it, man. Yeah. You've been waiting this long. Yeah. You've been like biding your time. Well, that's how you see the Do there's it. chemistry. That, You're not going to figure it out on your own. Right? That's yeah. what we exactly. were talking about earlier. That's make it clear. Yeah. Absolutely. So it's a resounding yes. Whoa, hold on. Oh. I, I feel hey. like that could put pressure on a situation as opposed to they're good friends. They haven't seen each other in a long time. I bet if they go out and get hammered, he could probably make a move and something's going to happen. Yeah, but if you if you bang a girl that you've been friends with a long time as opposed to try to do it the right way, that's yeah. always a disaster. Yeah, that's yeah. a guaranteed disaster. Yeah. But so ask, if you want ask, one night yeah. of sex, if you want one night of sex with this girl and and you want to not continue the friendship, 
Mo's advice is awesome. <laughs> and I've, done, I've lived it out first. I've only had one female friend in my entire, like a real close friend that I trusted. Huh. And uh, that went sour. Really? Yeah. Actually, this happened, this happened to me. Really? I was in a relationship all through college, and I had a guy friend uh, through high school. Every time I went home, I saw him. We had this attraction to each other, and it was like this ongoing thing. And finally, after college, I came home for a bit, and we're like, okay, let's let's, let's try, try it. Let's see what happens. It didn't but how being... did that start? So did he initiate it? Yes. Okay. And I wanted him to, because I had secretly had that thing in my mind, too, for a long time. It was just like, we couldn't really do anything. So, and you know, it did fizzle out. It did change our friendship. So if you don't want to sacrifice your friendship, maybe think twice, you know? Yeah, yeah I, I think I people assume if they're good enough friends, they can pull it back no, together. No, it, it will always be different. Like, I, this girl doesn't even talk to me anymore. Really? Like, like yeah, we can't even have conversations. It's Does she like you more? Oh, yeah. Uh, well, I mean, she's gone on. To, uh, she told me, like, she loves me and stuff. And right. Like, yeah. and, I, and I felt bad because, like, looking back on it at that time, I totally, I think I was in love with her too and I didn't even realize it. It was just, I, I, didn't, I didn't know how to express, to, to, men, to meld those feelings of really trusting her as a friend and, and confiding in her all the stuff I was going through with my divorce and then taking that to the next level and adding the physical element too. I didn't know how to deal with it. I thought it was like, I thought it would be exactly like banging one of my man friends. Like if I, a guy, <laughs> one of my really close buddies, if I took my one of my really close buddies, a guy that I really trust with anything, and just put a vagina on him. Then you'd be like, okay. Yeah, that was be like, this is the way it is, right? This is how we could still go and, and grab vegan food tonight and, and we're going to be the same. <laughs> no. But then we fuck after, right? Mm -hmm. No. Yeah, it it's not the same so, thing with women, yeah. especially if they're in love with you. I yeah. just picture every uh, relationship ending and turning into Jerry and Elaine from Seinfeld, right. where they're just like awesome and hang out all the time, but that obviously doesn't happen, it unfortunately. Doesn't. Unless both no. people are, if, I actually don't know a situation where that happens. Unless both people are not still attached to the other person, that's the only chance of it actually happening. If I, you still I, have feelings for somebody, you can't really be real friends with them. I, I go out and have a lot of fun with my girl, like, and people look at us like we're stupid because we're just really good friends, but she still nags on me like a woman nags on a man, and I don't think you'll ever get away from that. You can't just be buds the whole time. No, well, you're dating your girl. Yeah, of that course. Well, that's, yeah, yeah, that's different. Yeah, yeah, you're dating. Okay, so next question. Uh, ladies, sorry, Mo. Um, that's what he wrote. Um, Did I he put sorry, Mo, yeah, too? Yeah, he said sorry, Mo. I don't care about your question. <laughs> He's like, I'm not answering. I am a fit, young, and trendy man, but I'm Okay, stop bragging. I know, trendy? right? Trendy. And trendy. Stop But it. I am constantly misread to be much older than I am. Most guys usually say people think they're younger. Okay, usually I am told not I me. look 37 plus because I am mature for my age my conversation puts me ahead of other men Ooh. and I have a successful business no it's just your bragging yeah, yeah exactly yeah, and your strange adjectives <laughs> alright and I have a successful business and know what I want out of my life with women maybe it's the way I'm reading it these are not my thoughts alone uh, but female feedback I am a 31 year old I'm 31 an old soul but I want to date younger women but I feel that they always think I'm too old without really knowing the truth any advice well first piece of advice is if you're an old soul, which I consider self, myself to be, you're not probably going to find the right one too often by looking toward younger girls because they're often not grounded at that point. So I think he's, I think him looking to younger girls is not the best start. Really? Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. Unless you can find an wearing? old soul, younger what, girl. What are you wearing? I need to know this. What do you mean? If he's wearing, I mean, it's like, maybe he's like giving off that vibe. If you want to date young girls, like, 
you know. Well, you he said to, he's very trendy. He's probably dressing but up. But anyone who says they're trendy and hip, I just, I'm yeah. concerned. They're probably they're not, not really trendy. No, that's hair. exactly right. You, you. Like, whenever we have Loveline callers who call up and they're like, I feel like I intimidate people with my intelligence. Yeah. Drew and I always look at each other. We're like, oh, there's a 90 IQ person because no one I've ever met who's of genius level intellect would ever say, well, I'm very smart. So I got to lead off with right. that. I mean, it just doesn't happen. Same with the funniest comedians never say I'm very funny. Right. They, exactly. There's you, no need to. Yeah, it's yeah, exactly. So any, I, I feel like there's a probably I'm a good very chance. funny. You are very funny. <laughs> I feel like there's a good chance he may be giving off a vibe of being older by trying to embody someone who's younger exactly like if he's the 34 year old guy with his ed hardy hat and shit you know he's like this is what the young people wear right yeah yeah, 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 yeah exactly he's gonna exactly. be like, there's no i feel problem. like that was mo's dad hey bro come here bro, <laughs> yeah, bro. that's right bro. i got a girl for you no i've dated guys or i'm not I'm dated, Glendale, but like bro. i've been picked up by guys too who are like trying to be so young and like use terminology when i was yeah. 23 and they would i don't even know what they would talk about but they would try to be my age i i think that uh, some good advice hopefully as I'm leading off with now saying what I'm about to do, um, is just to, to own your age and be okay with it. And then also understand that a woman is going to be younger than you, so she's going to think and act differently. But never try to dumb down who you are or age down, I guess. She's going to like you because you are an older, wiser man. I like older men. My husband is 10 years older than well, he's me. He's not that old, super but he's 31. He's 31, yeah. <laughs> exactly. But I, this is what I always tell to my guys. like You are allowed to date anybody that you want. There's no limitations. 18 plus, that's, that's the only limitation. If he's 30 31 and he's having this problem it really is a personality thing. yeah yeah because yeah. he's now then he's probably being denigrated he's probably being i'm not gonna use that word again he's probably being <laughs> condescending to younger girls and being like well you just don't understand this 23 yes. year old right let me tell you how no, yeah. because if you're 41 and you say look I, i'm having a lot of trouble with these 24 year old girls like they don't seem to get me and i don't seem to get them i'll tell i'll buy it right. If he's 31 and he's having so much trouble dating younger girls, that's on him. There's yeah. something up. And maybe you should look for a connection um, before he, you know, tries to put, like, an age on it. Like, look and see who you vibe with. That's going to, you know. He's just obsessed with the tight skin. That's, like, literally it. Like, yeah, for And sure. a lot of older guys who are vain and, and they're, wait, what are they, when they're obsessed with youth, what's that called? What's that called? A human Perversion. being. Hollywood. Hollywood. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. exactly. Look, there are 50-year-old guys dating 20-year-old women all the time. You're not going to get any substance out of it. Yeah. I think the only what, time wait, you why, find... Why do you say that? Why do you say that? The only time you find a young woman with substance is if she's had to go through something tragic or tough in her life that has forced her to well, gain a lot I of... I think, I, think, I, think, I think there's a lot of... There's a lot of very successful relationships with where the woman's much younger, but the, you have to meet later in life. Yeah, yes. it's re- it's very rare you find like a really successful relationship where the guy's forty one and the woman's twenty one. Yeah, there's plenty of successful relationships where the woman's thirty one and the guy's fifty one. Exactly. I mean, I, I think that once you allow it, it just because guys, we really hold on to our immature notions very late <laughs> in life, oftentimes to the day we die. But women, they, women transform themselves between 18 to 30-something. I mean, women go through a utter metamorphosis on the way they look at life. That's true. Yeah. I mean, guys, like, don't get me wrong. We grow, but we're still, like, at our heart, like, Dr. Drew still laughs at when I light a fart on fire. I mean, he's still <laughs> plenty happy. All of us would. And Is that funny? You can actually do that? Yes. Uh, I, this is a true story. The very first time I ever was on air uh, at E!, I kept sitting sideways, like really sideways on camera. And the producers in my eye, they're like, can you sit up straight? And finally I stopped. I was like, I can't. I'm going to fart. Like, what's wrong? They're like, I burned my asshole last night lighting uh-huh. my farts on fire with Steve-O. <laughs> and they're like, no. I was like, no, seriously, I burned my asshole really bad. 
And if you want, give me like a donut to sit on or something. But <laughs> that's yeah. amazing. Yeah, thank you. Is that, that Steve-O from Jack? Yeah, <laughs> we were on Loveline lighting our farts on fire, and we couldn't get like to get bigger. But we started removing more and more clothing. Finally, I got down to like my skivvies, and and it just it like the air. Like if you light an aerosol can on fire, you but like eventually some's gonna suck back in. And they did it, and they, they, my asshole hair caught on fire, and it just burned my, burned my butthole so bad, like so bad. That's like a good alternative to waxing, though, yeah. right? <laughs> waxing hurts. It is. Is that you're going to try next time? No. No, not a chance. I don't yeah. have hair on my... Oh. <laughs> By the way, Never. no, but, but getting back to the point, Mel brings up a good point. Like, don't, how about don't have any kind of hard, fast rules of the, the age that you're looking for? That was my point, by the way, but yeah, yes. Sorry, I apologize. I apologize. <laughs> She's right. Look, I, the two most meaningful... I, of course, I've had, when I was... When I first came, became single after my first wife, I had plenty of girls that were 20, 21. I was 27, 28. Uh, but every meaningful relationship I've had since then, my current wife included, the women have been older than me. Hmm. I never thought I'd marry a woman that was three or four years older than me, but I did. And it just – she was the right one for me, and that's, that's that. You know? so, but so what about for guys who do just want to have fun, who do want some tight skin or some, like, positive energy that hasn't been – ruined by you know age and the realistic world and the workforce and stuff you just want like a free spirit and free energy and that's what they're attracted to so for this guy he's saying a lot of these girls think he's older than he he is and he wants to know how to make himself appear younger or be more appealing to these younger women so based on that what would your final advice be for this guy where are they? What are they doing? I would say hang out, you know, go do things that would they would be doing, like, in well, their that's to world. Meet, that's to meet younger people. But, like, how, how would he be deal? appealing? Yeah. Because right now he's saying they think that I'm older. So what you were saying before about talking down to them right. or presenting yourself a certain way, you I may not be. I think that to be appealing, and this is speculation. I'd love to hear what you ladies have to think. But I think to be appealing to a younger woman, it doesn't mean you have to not behave in a stately or mature manner. It just make it appealing to – because I think Absolutely. younger women find older men attractive of for course. that reason. Yeah. They don't find older men attractive because they keep acting like frat guys. They find older men attractive because they have a career and their own place to live and they're, they're sure in who they are and they and are wise. interested in things and they have a, 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 a broad view and a non-myopic you know, take on things. Uh, so if he does that, I'm sure he will be – Plenty attractive to younger women if he's not being a condescending prick. Right. Yeah. Yeah. If, you wanna, an asshole, yeah. if you want to appear younger, just pretend you're poor. <laughs> That's a good call. Yeah. yeah. D- don't here. You want to pretend you're young. Money. You want to pretend like you're under 30 in 2013. Don't have a job. Right. right. Like, there that's you go. the way yeah. to go. Yeah. Right. There you go. Good answers, guys. So that is all the questions that I have for today. But you did a good job of answering. Thank you. Thank you. And if anybody out there has questions for us, we are happy to answer. We will break down and analyze all of your situations with the ladies in your life. So write us at ask at askwomenpodcast.com. And follow us on Twitter at askwomenpodcast and on Facebook. And we now have an Instagram page where you can see all the juicy shit that goes on behind the scenes. So follow us at Instagram at askwomenpod. And of course, thank you, Mike, for coming in. No, thank you, ladies. Yeah, you, you guys we, doing a fantastic job. You honestly. did a fantastic job. Really, really interesting. I think a great service, especially to, to guys out there who want to get a woman's perspective. So. Yeah, sure. And, and where can they find you? Yeah, Loveline, right? When yes. Lo- check your local online. listings uh, wherever you may be here in Los Angeles, 10 to midnight, as it is on the West Coast in most markets. But uh, check your local listings. Lovelineshow.com. And what's your Twitter handle? I'm at Mike Catherwood. Yes. Follow him, guys. Easy to, the one and easy only. to say name. And it, it, it's great the service that you do because guys need a woman's perspective and they definitely need pretty women's perspective. We don't, <laughs> yeah. we don't really care. Yeah, who cares about ugly girls? Ugly girls, who cares? <laughs> <laughs>
Thanks for listening to the Ask Women podcast. Go to podcastone.com next week for a brand new show.